Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, it's me again. I promise this isn't going to be a thing. I'm not going to start every episode with me talking. It's just because this is the finale episode. I'm doing a question and answer session next week. I really need some questions sent in for that. And yeah, if you're not here for the question and answer episodes, season three will start in January. So I'll see you then and have a happy candle nights. bed that night, staring up at the ceiling. He had an awful lot to think about. Caelan was fast asleep next to him, one arm thrown around his waist as he rested his head on his chest. It was nice, they hadn't started out like that. Caelan had found his way into that position in his sleep. Dating. They were dating? At least Lynn thought they were dating. Kaelin had mentioned it to Micah when Micah assumed that Lynn had been inviting him to sleep with the two of them. It was casual, said in passing, and not elaborated on since. Lynn really needed that elaboration. They had been living together for a few months, a few months where Lynn had thought he might be falling in love, if the books that he had read were correct. It had that same feeling, his heart beating faster whenever he saw Kaelin, ears fluttering unconsciously, starting to actively fight not to purr when he was around. If this was what falling in love was, Lin found that he kind of enjoyed it. It was nothing that he had ever felt before, and he wanted to feel it over and over and over again. That odd feeling in his stomach, the way he couldn't even begin to put words together around Caleb. He had been terrified to show it before. He had no idea as to just how Caelan felt about him. And in a way, he still didn't know. Did Caelan love him back? Is that what was implied by saying they were dating? He was unsure. It wasn't as if he had ever done this before. After a while, he decided not to risk it and not to say anything. He had read an awful lot of romance novels, and he knew that saying I love you for the first time was something very important and not to be said too soon. It hadn't been the only shock of the day, the only thing that he had to lie and contemplate in the dark before the sun rose and he could finally rest. After they had finally gotten to Lynn's office, meaning to sit and talk business, Lynn was still reeling from Caelan's statement, and then the bastard decided to send him reeling again. It came in the form of a message spell, spoken into Lynn's head. He was used to it, in theory, but he had no idea that Caelan could do it. He almost couldn't keep himself from jumping up when he heard the half-elf's voice inside his head. You can still sleep with him if you want. Lynn didn't know what to reply to that, and by the time he did... 
the communication pathway had been closed. It was, of course, impossible for him to reopen it. And a part of him thought that Kalen knew that. He must have done. That's the only reason he would be sat there looking as fucking smug as he did immediately after, watching Lynn flounder keeping his brain in order. So, that was something else Lynn had to try and figure out. He had known Kalen had been meeting up with people in town, and although it sent pangs of jealousy through Lynn's heart, he didn't want to say anything about it. Maybe he wanted an open relationship. Lynn wasn't averse to it. As long as Kaylin came home at the end of the day, he couldn't complain. He would have Kaylin, and Kaylin would have the freedom to do whatever he wanted. And it wasn't like Micah was unattractive. Lynn knew that even if he didn't have Kaylin here, he wouldn't be alone in bed tonight. He hadn't missed the way Micah's eyes ran over him like he was a cake in some bakery. Not that he minded. He was used to those kind of looks, and he very rarely denied men what they craved. The problem was he didn't know whether Kaelin was interested in just letting Micah join in with the two of them, or bedding them individually, and he never had time to ask. Kaelin hadn't avoided the topic as such, he just seemed to make sure Lynn's mind was on something else the entire time. Even when Micah had excused himself to go to bed, Kaylin had dragged Lynn into the bedroom and kept him otherwise distracted. Lynn didn't want to insinuate that Kaylin was deliberately teasing him, but he wouldn't put it past him for a second. Hell, he had pretty much said it himself a few hours ago when he admitted he liked seeing Lynn embarrassed. Something about him looking cute with a blush darkening his freckles. Lynn couldn't quite decide what he thought about that. It was nice, sure, but it still made him blush even thinking about it right now. It was a good thing that Kaelin was asleep and so couldn't tease him further. He sighed heavily, looking out of the window to try and gauge what time it was. A couple of hours before dawn and he was yet to sleep. It wouldn't be the first time he stayed up all night, but he knew that Kaelin didn't like him doing it, and Now they were dating, well, he had to take things like that into account. After a few moments of deliberation, he finally closed his eyes, dead set on thinking about something else until he tranced long enough. After all, he had a busy couple of days coming up. Lynn hated leaving Kaelin in bed, he really did, but he had forgotten to start on breakfast, and what with Micah being there the night before and wanting to be shown around the house and gardens, and who was he to deny him? That's why he was in the kitchen in the early morning, kneading the bread he would need to make the dwarven-style toast Kaelin had let slip that Micah liked. Usually it would be better with slightly stale bread, but, well, he didn't have any left over, so this would have to do. He heard Micah before he saw him, the slight swish of his tail on the floor, and the tired footsteps as they got closer to the kitchen. For a second he panicked. Did he know what Kaelin had suggested? How should he act alone with him? What if he started making a move and Lynn had to make a decision quicker than he wanted to? Despite his racing thoughts, his face had adopted a perfectly normal expression by the time Micah came in, and he even managed to pretend that he hadn't heard the tiefling arrive. 
<sighs> Morning, he said with a yawn before walking over to one of the unused counters and hopping up onto it. Lynn couldn't help but smile at that. It was almost exactly what Kaylin did. It was nice to have some company in the kitchen, at least. Sleep well? Or, you know, trance? Whatever you do. Lynn chuckled, blowing a stray strand of hair out of his face and looking over at Micah with a shy smile. Morning. You're up early, and I tranced very well, thank you. How did you sleep? Oh, fantastically, Micah replied, face lighting up in a way that Lynn had tried to ignore. His tail swished faster behind him until he grabbed it and held it against his leg to stop it. That is the most comfortable bed I have ever slept in. I could get used to it, you know. And, yeah, Mom gets up at the crack of dawn, and even if she lets me stay in, she inevitably wakes me up somehow, and I'm just used to it, you know? Lynn tried to avoid the blush. He had stayed in enough inns around the country to know that the beds in his house were some of the best quality he'd ever gotten to sleep in. Well... You're welcome to stay as long as you like. I certainly don't need the room any time soon, and Kaylin seems to like having an old friend around, he responded, turning back to the doe in front of him in the hope he didn't need to hide his blush as much as he was currently doing for much longer. I meant to talk to you about that, Micah said, looking back to the door and dropping his voice. Lynn's shoulders stiffened, trying not to show it in his movements, but knowing that he was failing. He... I wanted to thank you. This is the happiest I've seen him since... This is the happiest I've seen him in a very long time. Can you make sure he stays this happy? And that was it. The blush on Lynn's face heated up and he knew it was starting to spread. The idea that he made Kaelin happy, he... he couldn't believe it. He hadn't made anyone happy before. I... I will try my utter best, Lynn responded. He took a deep breath, trying to decide exactly how much he wanted to reveal to Micah. He had done his own digging when it became aware that Kaelin would be living with him. It was only safe. If you were going to have someone living with you, you should at least know some of their past. And sometimes you were worried that asking them straight out was only going to make them leave. Micah, the... the since you were just about to say. You mean his family, don't you? He sensed the tiefling next to him freeze, and after a second, the rhythmic tapping of his tail against the counter stopped dead. He told you about that, he said in a whisper, not looking at Lynn in favour of keeping up staring at the door. Lynn couldn't help but follow his gaze, hoping that he could spot Kaelin getting closer if he decided to wake up early. Not exactly. Which was true. The knowledge of the assassination of Kaelin's family had been found from his friend Albion, who had, in all defence, been very gentle in breaking the news. I... Look, I've lived with bounties on my head for years. 
I need to make sure that the people I employ aren't about to turn me in for a quick payout. I can promise I never pried, though. As soon as I found out, I backed away. That one wasn't true. He had pushed further and further into Kalen's past, from his wedding to the birth of his child through his relatively successful career as an assassin, to the revenge that took his family's life and subsequent ascent into depression and self-destruction. But Micah didn't need to know that. I... I just want to make sure that he's safe, and that he's happy. It's nice to see him smile again, you know? Micah continued, and Lynn nodded slowly. I just... I don't want him to get hurt again. Losing Leliana and Maria hurt all of us deeply, but it damn near killed him. I don't think he would survive it again. Lynn was quiet for a moment, not moving as he was lost in his own thoughts. He couldn't guarantee anything. He sure as fuck couldn't protect him if bad things were to happen, that was for sure, but he did know that he would do everything in his current power to make his life better. I'll keep him happy, and I'll keep him as safe as I can. I can promise you that I'm never going to do anything to hurt him. I I think I'm in love with him, Micah finished, and Lynn could do nothing but nod slightly. Maybe... Uh, maybe don't tell him yet? I don't... I don't know if he's ready for that just yet. Lynn paused for a second, closing his eyes as he tried to work itself out in his head. It took him a long while to respond, but when he did, it was quiet and under his breath. No, I don't think he is. All things told, it had been a very good day. It had been apparent very quickly that Micah had never really been to Hirondale before. It showed in the way his tail twitched excitedly as his eyes darted around trying to take everything in. Kenlan and Lynn had ended up just following him around wherever he wanted to go. They had taken enough walks around the markets in the city and if there was anything they really wanted then they could always come back in a day or two. Michael almost bounced around between stalls, seemingly completely unaware of some of the looks he was getting. Lynn wished he could be that oblivious as well. He must have gone between every stall in the market, picking things up and looking them over carefully before they got to the other end and paused for a second before nodding back in. Lynn threw a glance over to Kaelin, who simply shrugged, taking his arm with a giggle and following behind again. Micah had found his way to a jewellery store and was already in the process of handing over the gold for a silver amulet on a sturdy chain. Lynn and Kaelin joined him and the elf hated the way that his mere presence seemed to put the shopkeeper at ease. If Micah noticed he didn't show it, instead turning around with a bright grin and tucking it into his jacket pocket carefully. Present for someone special? Lynn asked, falling into step with Micah as he wordlessly started to head back towards the house. Apparently he was done with this shopping trip. Someone very special, 
he replied, and some of the disappointment must have shown on Lin's face because Kaelin chuckled under his breath, elbowing him in the stomach gently. He means his mama. He's a little mama's boy, Kaelin explained, and Micah simply turned around to stick his tongue out at him, taking a few steps backwards without breaking his stride before spinning to face forward in one simple movement. Just because my mama is so great, Anyway, it's got a protection charm on it. You know what she's like, she's refusing to slow down and now I have the cash, I might as well get her a little something, he grinned, a cheeky grin that lit up his entire face. Your mother is the person I would least suspect to need protecting, Kaylin sighed before looking back at Lynn as he opened his mouth to ask the question. Carsey Blackwood is a mountain of a woman. I swear they've got to have some giant in that bloodline somewhere. She's probably even taller than you, and she's built to match. I don't do her genes justice, Micah laughed, tail still sweeping lazily behind him as his ears fluttered much like Lynn's did. But, despite that, she is getting older, and she's trying to ignore it. Any protection she has gives me peace of mind and she'll wear it because I got it for her, he said with an almost smirk to his tone, but despite that, Lynn still believed it. Micah seemed like the type of guy who could wrap anyone around his little finger with ease. She sounds like an incredible woman, Lynn mused, almost not expecting anything to come from it, but Micah had obviously been waiting for a moment to gush about her. It reminded him more of a mother talking about her son, not the other way around. She is. She raised me all on her own from when I was a baby. Apparently my dad was a mercenary she slept around with once and he never bothered coming back for me, but it was fine because I had mama and that was all I needed, right? Lynn could see in his eyes that no matter how much he tried to hide it, Micah was more upset with his father leaving than he wanted to let on. She's got this massive axe, it's taller than me, but she picks it up like it's nothing. I once saw her fell a tree with it in one swing, but she said she doesn't like using it for trees because that's not what it was built for. Lynn could guess what it had actually been built for. I'm going to use the money from this job to get it enchanted, I think. She doesn't want a new one, it was her dad's, and she said she doesn't even want the damage fixed, but she'll let me put charms on it after literally years of wearing her down. I was thinking about protection, but this amulet will do that for her. So maybe I go for something like increased damage, or make it a fire axe, she always liked fire. Lynn couldn't help but smile as he watched Micah talk. It was obviously a case of getting him started on something and never getting him to stop, but the way he spoke with such enthusiasm, he just couldn't bring it upon himself to stop listening. He really was just a little ray of sunshine on a cloudy day. Caelan couldn't help but fidget uncomfortably in the robes he had borrowed. Sure, he could have easily created them as part of the disguise that lengthened his hair in his ears, but the less he had to focus on the better, which was why Lynn had pulled out some old robes that he said belonged to his sibling from the very back of his wardrobe. They didn't match his coloration at all, but that wasn't the problem. 
The problem was that they had belonged to Roe, and Kalen didn't really feel like he should be wearing them. Lynn had always spoken of Roe with such reverence, such importance, more of a hero than a sibling. To be remembered, almost worshipped, as unhealthy as that was. To be wearing his clothes, just... He couldn't put it into words. It just left his stomach feeling unsettled. A glance over to the left almost made him double-take. Micah had disguised himself along with him as a half-elf, but the difference almost made him completely unrecognisable. His face was almost exactly the same, but gone was the red skin, the large horns adorning his head, and the tail that he knew was strapped down to his thigh to stop it from moving and possibly giving them away entirely. His robes weren't as luxurious as the ones Lynn and Kalen wore. Apparently, half-elves weren't allowed fabric as expensive as the ones the other two wore. Lynn had grimaced when he said that. It was obvious that he found it bullshit, at least, but that was the way they would have to play it. Kalen was Lynn's apprentice. That was how he was to be allowed into the very private chambers of their quarry with Lynn. Micah would stay outside to distract the guards so that they wouldn't be disturbed if he did decide to scream. He was there as a servant, and therefore he was required to stay outside. Kalen was finding that the more he learnt about the society that Lynn grew up in, the less he liked it. Balan's house was in the middle of the city, and Kalen had always found that more difficult than country houses. So many people mingling around, so many nosy neighbours who want to know what's happening. And at this time, probably journalists wanting to catch a big scoop on the latest gossip in the city. Lynn straightened as they came closer to the guards, walking with a purpose and seriousness that Kalen had never seen in him before. His posture was almost always perfect, of course, but there was something new in him today and Kalen couldn't put it into words. Master Chasso, one of the guards said in Elvish, and Kalen was suddenly filled with fear that Micah couldn't speak any Elvish at all. It was a stupid oversight, and one that Kalen wondered if Lynn even knew about. Hopefully he wouldn't be asked any questions or spoken to in Elvish. Hopefully it wasn't strange if he started a conversation in common tongue. That's all Kalen could really ask for. I have an appointment with Balon Chasso, Lynn responded, his voice a tone that Kalen hadn't heard before. Was this what Lynn was like when he was conducting business? He is expecting me, and I am to meet him in his chambers. I am all he has, after all, in this trying time. The guards barely looked at him, before looking over his shoulder at the two men following. Both of them fell into their roles easily, knowing that they were to play Lynn's most humble followers. It seemed ridiculous, devoting themselves so heavily to the man who was just this morning cooking them breakfast in nothing but sweatpants. But if that was what was expected of them, that was what they would do. And who are these? The guard said dismissively. It was strange, Kaelin thought. Surely in this ridiculous scenario, he ranked higher than some lowly guard. He bit his cheek, though. 
It wasn't good to start thinking like that. Erdan, my apprentice, and Karis, my servant. We are all expected, Lynn responded, sounding terse and annoyed at being spoken to. Caleb knew it was all an act, but it was an awfully good act. The servant will have to... The guard started, before Lynn raised himself to his full height, voice rising in volume along with it. Do you think me stupid? He asked with a growl. Do you not know who I am? I know the rules, and I would ask kindly you do not insult me any further. The guard stared back before nodding and stepping aside. He looked... Kalen didn't want to call it scared for his life, but he looked scared for his life. The creeping suspicion that guards in this house had been dismissed for less teased at the edges of his mind. Oh well, it wasn't like he would be employed for much longer after this anyway. Lynn stepped past the gate into the garden, robes billowing behind him in a way that Kalen couldn't help but be impressed by. He looked every bit the billionaire businessman that Kalen was about to fill that gap with that he pretended to be, before realising that that's what Lynn actually was. He was just very good about hiding it the rest of the time. As soon as they got close to the doors, they were flung open by a man who was no doubt related to Lynn. He had the same red eyes, although his hair was a jet black like his father's. The facial structure was the same too, and his skin just as pale as Lynn's, but without the freckles dusting his face. Those must have come from Lynn's mother's side. There was something else missing, though. And Kalen struggled to think of what it was, something that he saw in Lynn's face which was completely absent in Barlin's. Barlin, Lynn grinned, and that was it. Barlin didn't have the same compassion in his eyes as Lynn did. The words then fell into a language that Kalen did not understand. He assumed it was Star Elvish. He could still recognise one or two words that told him that they were in greeting, but nothing further than that. Barlin looked the other two men up and down warily, and a part of Kalen worried that he had seen straight through their disguise. But he just made a disgusted face, looking back at Lynn and saying something in that other language he didn't understand. Lynn paused for a second, and Kalen could see his shoulders tensing before relaxing back in that casual pose he had been in before. His voice had a hint of annoyance in it, though, and Kalen wished that he had just more of an inkling of what was being said. It was something bad against him, obviously, something Lynn was defending. It upset him a little that Lynn wasn't getting angry about it, but he quickly shook his head to try and get rid of it. It shouldn't be at all important what Lynn thought of him, but for some reason he couldn't explain it was. Barlin looked again, a look that would have been down his nose if he had been taller than Kalen. It was the type of look Kalen was used to receiving in Hirondel from some of the older elves. It was strange seeing it on the face of someone much younger. You suppose that was what happened when you grew up in this sort of an environment? Lynn says you don't speak star elvish, he said in common elvish, and Kalen snapped back to attention. He nodded, smiling politely in a way he hoped was subservient enough. Not yet, I'm afraid. 
Moon or common Arvish only, he responded, in that same fake polite smile across his face. Disappointing, Balin responded, turning around and heading into the house. Lin shot an apologetic look over his shoulder before quickly following. The normal Caelan would have spat back at that, fighting as good as he got. He would have told Balin exactly what he thought, exactly where he could shove his old-fashioned racist ideas. And if he didn't take that advice, then maybe Caelan would have beaten it into him. But he wasn't normal Caelan. He was Erdan, Lin's doting apprentice. He would follow his master, and that meant being obedient, even if every bone in his body protested against it. The servant will stay out here, he added in Elvish, and Caelan passed on the message through magical means to Micah. Got it, Micah sent back, before turning and making it seem like he was keeping guard at the door. In actual fact, he would start roaming the house as soon as they were both inside, looking for the other guards to distract. The room they were being led into was large, and it was obvious to Caelan that Barland didn't just have a private room for business. He had private rooms, ornately decorated as well, just like Lynn's, but without the small touches that made it more, well, homely, he supposed. Everything was in its place, no pillows on the sofa for any reason other than decoration, no coffee mug from that morning or book half-read. It was then that Caelan started to almost silently cast his spell. What the fuck do you want? Barlin spat out, the politeness that had obviously been put on for show in front of the guards disappearing. My, Barlin, such rudeness. I came to pay my respect for your poor father, and so soon after your mother too, it really is a... Lynn started before Balin stepped up to him and interrupted. Caelan wished he could hurry up his spell. I know it was you, Lynn. I'll prove it one day. All this talk of a curse, everyone forgets you are the curse. You have always been the curse. The other elf spat back, and for a split second, Caelan paused in his spell. Lynn was the curse. What did that mean? Lynn had been affected by the curse. He wasn't. The magic started to fade around him, and he quickly re-upped the spell so it didn't fall completely and he had to start again. But the thought still clung in the back of his head, to investigate further later. The curse came to light when I was born, Barlin, you know that, Lynn soothed. But even Caelan could tell that there was something underneath, something that he couldn't quite put a name to. But it has been there for millennia. You've seen the family history books. The Chasso Kurtz predates me. But you live in it, Lynn. Barlin spat back, stepping another step closer. Lynn didn't back down, though, and Caelan tried to hide a smile. This Lynn was a different Lynn. A much different Lynn than what he was used to. A Lynn with a... sadistic streak. Caelan couldn't say he hated it. You've basked in the curse for as long as you've been alive. Every decision you've made has played into it. An excuse for every single one of your shortcomings. The curse is your suit of armour, Lynn. 
and your blade. Lynn's face didn't stir, staring down at the much shorter man. A face of impassiveness. His fake politeness had dropped at the start of Barlin's rant to be replaced with... Nothing. If he was upset with the accusations, with the insults, he didn't show it. I've accepted death, Barlin finally responded, anger dissipating and an air of sadness filling the room. It might have been Kaelin's spell finally taking hold of him. He had to admit it was easier than Kaelin had ever imagined. Barlin didn't even seem to be fighting back. I thought I would fight. Thought I would call in the guards, but what's the point? You're not going to stop. You've done worse. As soon as I heard the news, I knew you were coming. But you're a smarter man than I am, Lynn, and I knew I never stood a chance. It was fun, working out how you would kill me. I never thought you'd drag other people in. It doesn't seem your style. You've always preferred it to be more... Personal. Lynn's face remained empty, and if he wasn't so far into the spell, Caelan would have questioned it. But as it was, he just carried on singing. Not long now, and if he was honest, he didn't even bother to try and hide it anymore. Caelan didn't feel guilty. He had killed far more innocent people for far smaller reasons, and Anyway, Lynn had said that Barlin would set a bounty on him soon. Proactive revenge. That's what this was. The world really was kill or be killed. Kaelin knew that more than anyone else. Barlin wasn't finished, though. He had taken a break, sure, turning around to survey his office and taking a deep breath. Kaelin had never really seen a man that had accepted death before, but... Apparently this was it. History won't reflect well on you, Lynn, Barlin added, finally standing behind the desk and levelling an easy stare. All of your plans, everything you think is going to happen. When all of this comes out, when we're all long gone, they're going to look at you, and they're going to call you a monster. Lynn's face was still empty, still devoid of any emotion, and for once Caelan wished there was something there, something that he could read and see what Lynn was thinking below that mask. So no, Lynn, I'm not going to stop you. I'll go into death with my head held high. But when your time comes, and it will, Will you?